You're listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, the podcast for marketing professionals in higher education. Join us every week as we talk to the industry's greatest minds in student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where marketing in higher ed is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. I'm Troy Singer, as always, along with Bart Kaler, where each week we interview higher ed marketers that we admire for the benefit and hopefully the betterment of the entire higher ed community. It is our pleasure to interview today Gabrielle Gambrell, who has a lot of different roles. She works for a major corporation. She is also an adjunct professor. She is on the board of her alma mater. But most importantly, she is a passionate advocate of being a lifelong learner and utilizing your students in order to do so. And you'll quickly see that she's one of the most passionate people that you can have a conversation with. And I feel that all of our listeners will benefit from hearing our conversation with her. She brings her passion, brings her, you know, love for what she teaches, what she does, and how she teaches the marketing, how she presents the marketing. We talk a little bit about DEI. We talk a lot about lifelong learning and just her different roles that she has and the expertise that she has in those roles because of her experience in corporate. Here's our conversation with Gabrielle. Gabrielle, we are so appreciative that you've agreed to join us on the podcast and you're very passionate about a number of things that we will share. But before we get into those topics, would you please share with our audience maybe something that you've learned or read over the past week or so that you think would be interesting or maybe fun? Uh, Well, first, thank you for having me. It is an honor to be on the show. I really appreciate the opportunity. So something fun that I've learned over the last week is that toddlers <laughs> require a lot of attention <laughs> and that they will do unnecessary things to grab your attention and they need it. So I've actually been reading a lot about that, um, reading about balancing motherhood and toddlers and I also have an infant. So I've been spending a lot of time reading on toddler behavior. <laughs> oh, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, along those lines, I know you from your online presence, but if you could share with the audience who you are and the roles that you have, because you're so dynamic and have a few roles that I would just love everyone to have a background on. Thank you. Thank you for asking. So I am Gabrielle Gambrell. I am a professor, an adjunct professor. I teach at NYU. I've had the honor of teaching at NYU for over a decade now. I also teach at Columbia University. I am honored to serve on the board of trustees at my alma mater, Iona University. And I also work at Amazon. Um, I lead corporate communications, diversity communications. And I also have a boutique marketing and PR agency, Gift of Gabrielle. So I am busy. (laughs) (laughs) Along with the toddler and the infant. Yes. (laughs) The reason why we wanted to have you on is because you're passionate about higher ed, but also you work 
in the private sector. One of the things that we wanted to talk to you about is your experience, not only within higher ed, but what you're able to bring from your private sector job, and then how that enables you to prepare the students that you teach for success. So in my role of internal communications, corporate communications, I work to make sure that our employees, our customers feel seen and heard. And moreover, I work on strategic diversity, equity, and inclusion communications. And the world of DEI communications is evolving. And in my professional world as a professor, I also make sure that I teach. DEI is a part of every marketing class that I teach, mm. is a part of every communications course that I teach, it is imperative that when you're thinking about being a marketer, you're thinking about being a communicator, that you're doing it with a lens and a concentration of diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's one of those things that I think I always like to tell people, it's just the right thing to do. I mean, don't politicize things. Don't get kind of crazy about that. It's just the right way to treat people. And, I, and I'm just curious about that because I think that it is something that has been kind of hijacked, I think, sometimes by politics. But I mean, at the end of the day, just just tell me a little bit about how you're representing that, not only with your students, but in your day to day work. Well, personally, I am passionate about diversity, equity and inclusion. It means quite a bit to me. And I feel honored to work with the next generation of leaders. Uh, the majority of my students, if not all, are Gen Z. And Gen Z, it's very unique. I'm a millennial. And that used to be the hot phrase, millennials this and millennials that and millennials think this and millennials feel that. Now it's all about Gen Z. And Gen Z is really responsible for pushing accountability mm -hmm. in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion. They want the companies they work for, the organizations they serve, the colleges and institutions where they study to be reflective of the world we live in. They want to make sure that their values are heard, that there are opportunities for them to grow. There's opportunities for everyone to just learn and do better um, in terms of DEI. So shout out to Gen Z. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you on that. I think that they uh, that is they have some very unique aspects that define them. And, and this idea of, of DEI and inclusion and, and those types of things are so important to them. Practically, how does that kind of how do you teach some of that in the in the in your marketing classes and your communication classes? So I like to ask my students as well as my colleagues, my clients, what have you, think about your community. You want to respect your community. You want to be reflective of your community as well as the community you serve, your customers, your clients. You want to think about culture. How does diversity, equity, and inclusion shape your culture, shape the culture of the world? Things are happening day to day, some of them good, some progressive, some not so great, some make you scratch your head and say, ah, we're not past that. Um, these things that happen in the world. Most recently, Tyree Nichols was murdered by police in Memphis. That's a talking subject in class. Why do we talk about that in class? We need to know that impacts people, how they bring themselves to work, how they see themselves. They want to know that the companies they work for recognize what's happening, recognize the mental impact of hearing certain things, seeing certain things. And so when life happens, as life always happens, life will continue to happen institutions, corporations must recognize that people are feeling this, people are going through this, and they kind of need to speak to that. A lot of corporations sent out mental health resources mm -hmm. over the last couple of weeks. The horrific shootings that happened in California targeting the Asian community at the top of the year. There's been a lot and we're only in February, but a lot of corporations will 
say, okay, this is happening. What's going on in the world is unfortunate. Here's resources. You have access to mental health resources. You have access to employee resource groups where you can perhaps speak to the Asian Employees Network. You can speak to the Black Employees Network and share your feelings and how you think. And that helps with retention, right? Mm -hmm. That helps so that people can really perform the very best in their job. That helps it to just let people know that you hear them, that you see them, and you recognize what's going on. So that culture component is significant. So those are some of the things we talk about in my classes. Those are some of the the initiatives I work on at work. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you do when things like that happen? It's some of them are positive things. Some There's positive diversity things that happen. I do want to rec- recognize that. There are positive diversity things that move the needle and make the world a better place. But there's also, as we've seen recently, some hurdles, some challenges that need to be addressed. It reminds me of a lot of times when I talk to clients about, you know, especially on, you know, practical websites or, or things that were kind of the practical marketing where it's like, okay, we need to do this on the website. We need to develop this kind of content. And a lot of times we'll talk about the types of content, I always try to make sure that they understand that emotion is a big part of the way that we do marketing, the way that we communicate. And I know Gary Vaynerchuk, and he's often known as Gary V, you know, he's written books about the emotion and emotional aspects. And and so really a lot of what we're talking about in this DE framework, if, if I could be, you know, if I could say this is, it's a lot of empathy. And, and really learning how to communicate and explore and, and share empathy. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what you think on that? Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. When you think of empathy and you think of feelings, um, as a marketer, and I teach my marketing students, you don't ever want someone to feel like they got hustled. When people buy your product, when people patronize your business, you want them to feel good about the product. You want them to feel excited. I got my money's worth. This company deserves my hard-earned money. Life is expensive. Just all in the press, we talk about reading. I keep reading about the price of eggs at the grocery store. I went to the grocery store earlier this week week and I spent $300 on groceries and my cart wasn't full. And I'm like, whoa, what is happening here? So we still got to eat. We still need to buy clothes. We still have to have these products to sustain ourselves. So knowing that you recognize that what people are feeling and what people are thinking and what's happening, that empathy, people will still buy your product. They'll still patronize your business, but you want them to feel good, as good as possible about the purchases they make. So you have to think about how people feel. How will this make people feel? How will this advertisement make people feel? How will this marketing campaign make people feel? A lot of the Super Bowl is the game, the halftime show, the performance, the Pepsi sponsorship, but it's also the ads. How do the ads make people feel? Are Am I laughing? Is it making me smile? Is it making me think of my mom, my cat, my dog? So empathy and feelings and emotions has a lot to do with the world itself. Gabrielle, we can tell by the energy that you convey that you love higher ed. You've also said that you teach for fun, but I also know that this is instilled in you because you are a proud fourth generation student. Can you tell everyone about that? Yes. So as a black woman, I do not take it lightly that I'm a fourth generation college graduate. My great grandparents uh, attended HBCUs because they couldn't attend anywhere else. My grandparents, my grandmother born 1912, Bessie Jones Simpson was one of the first black women to graduate from Smith College, several degrees from Eastern Michigan University, the Howard University. My mother attended Howard as well. So education is something that always was instilled in me. 
And it was presented to me as your way for endless possibilities. No one can ever take your education away. No one can ever take your knowledge away. And teaching, I actually just recently told someone the story about how I got into teaching and my love for teaching. When I was in high school, um, I graduated high school at 17. I started school a year early. My mom said I would not stop talking and she just started me early. So I, from preschool, <laughs> I was a year ahead of myself. I was 16 years old and my journalism teacher was preparing to retire. And he said, Gabrielle, you're editor in chief of the newspaper, teach the class. This is how you enter grades in the computer, give assignments. And no way should a 16 year old have been teaching a journalism <laughs> class. And no way should I have been <laughs> responsible for my peers' grades that impacts their college careers. But that's neither here nor there. Um, and I went to a blue ribbon school. I went to Pacific Palisades Charter High School um, in Pacific Palisades outside of Los Angeles, a top, top school. So anyways, that taught me I really like teaching. I finished college early. I finished my bachelor's degree in three years at 20 years old. My internship hired me. I interned at ABC Live with Regis and Kelly, which is now live with Kelly Ripa and Ryan Seacrest. My undergraduate degree is in broadcasting, TV, video, film. And so uh, in corporate America at 20 years old, working on my master's degree, as soon as I finished my master's degree, I knew that that's all you needed to be an adjunct professor. So I went to the chair of my department at 22 years old and said, hey, I'm done with my master's. Back then it was a two-year program. Nowadays, everything's a one-year program. But at 22, had my master's degree in public relations with an emphasis in sports and entertainment PR from Iona. So I'm a proud double Iona alum. And the chair of the department said, okay, Gabby, I'll give you an intro to MassCom gravy. So um, started teaching at 22 and I've never stopped. And it means so much to me. One reason why I know I am great at my job, I am great for my clients, I sharpen my skills is I'm committed to learning. You can never, ever, ever stop learning. My late grandmother, Bessie Simpson, taught me that. Always learn, always learn. And so I look to my students to teach me on the first day of class. I tell my students, I know what I'm doing. I'm here. I've been teaching for over a decade. You're in good hands, but I expect to learn from you. I expect to learn from you as much as you learn from me. I teach digital media. I teach social media. Why do I know about the algorithms on TikTok? I created my TikTok account in class with my students. They're like, professor, you got to get on TikTok. Let's do it. Um, and so I am grateful to soak up everything that the next generation has to offer. And I'm dedicated to learning. I never, ever want to stop learning. I find a lot of higher ed, especially administrators, are reluctant to try to learn something new. And it's just, it's just a fact sometimes that, that's hard to overcome. I know that there's a lot of conversations around things like TikTok or ChatGPT or other things. I personally find that the easiest way to understand that is not to go read a book or do something like that, is to actually set up an account and start playing with it. Is that what you find? Is that how you do your lifelong learning? Hands-on is really important. So I want to sometimes get dirty, if you will. Get your hands a little dirty. You go over the humps, right. the bumps. You learn hands-on, but I'm also not opposed to seeking experts. So there typically are experts in every field, and I want to learn from experts. I want to learn from the people who do this day in and day out. I will pick up a book. I will take a digital course. I will take an mm -hmm. online course. I think it's really important 
as um, higher ed professionals, as professors, teaching at the highest level, I think it is imperative that you sharpen your skills. Um, there were, there are, there are professors that I've worked at probably six or seven institutions over the course of my career. I've taught at St. John's University. I've taught at College in New Rochelle that doesn't exist anymore. I've taught at my alma mater. I've taught at many schools. And so I've taught online at different institutions. There are some professors that are like, hey, I've been doing this for 20 years. I don't need to learn anymore. Well, your students are suffering because your students may know more than you. Um, or everything is changing at the speed of light. Thank you, technology. And so as technology grows, it changes how everyone does their job. Everyone. So, so I think that's great. And one of the other things that I often like to do too, and you, I'm sure you do this as well, is look at other industries. So, you know, I, I grew up in my career doing corporate work. So I was doing work with AT&T and Motorola and a lot of tech companies. Also doing a little bit of higher ed and fell in love with higher ed and decided to focus that niche on my um, on on my the rest of my career, but I often will look at, you know, other private you know corporations. You know what what's Target doing this week? What are they? Why are they doing it that way? Look at the Amazon. You know, look at the um, ad on the uh, Super Bowl. Why are they doing that? How are they doing that? And then borrow some of that into into higher ed. I mean. How do you, what do you feel about that? I mean, is that some of the things that you do because you're spanning so many different industries? So something I do in all of my courses, we spend the beginning of the class talking about what's happening in the news and how it applies to our work. So if it's a digital social media campaign, we're looking at current campaigns of leading brands. We're looking at current campaigns of influencers, of athletes, of even politicians. You can learn a lot from politics. Um, and so... It is pivotal for me in all of my teaching courses and all of my curriculum that we are studying current events and current work. Um, unless it's something every now and again, I'll talk about something that happened a decade ago or something that was just pivotal in terms of history. And for history reasons, I'll speak about it forevermore. Or I may talk about some influential people that just changed the way we do things like a Michael Jordan and what he's still to this day doing with Nike or Michael Jackson and what he did for video. A lot of our success of we have to see things visually is because of Michael Jackson. And I won't go off into that lesson plan, <laughs> but it is pivotal that you take what's happening in current events and you put it into the curriculum and you study it because there's so much to learn. That's great. I, I love that. And, and I guess one of the questions that I would have before I toss it back to Troy is the idea of how do you or, or what do you think it's going to look like in another couple of years as it relates to just general marketing? I mean, you know, we talk about chat GTP, we talk about AI, we talk about all the different things that are involved. But I have to believe that you're still teaching the basics to your students to be able to really look at that. And I mean, talk about that for a moment. Yeah, I think it's really important when I talk to my students, looking at your target audience. So sometimes we talk about senior living. If I'm doing a camp marketing campaign for senior living and for senior citizens, a senior population is not going to look like a different customer, right? You're not going to necessarily do a robust social media campaign. You may do some Facebook ads to reach the children who are right. taking care of their senior parents. But so it really depends on your audience, what your goals are. I do see in the future more user-generated content. User-generated content has a great opportunity to grow and 
thinking of the model that traditionally when we did watch broadcast and a lot of things on broadcast, you would have your television commercials with your familiar faces. These ads would cost millions and millions and they still cost. Super Bowl's coming up. The advertisements on Super Bowl commercials are immensely expensive, millions upon millions. You get a well-known influencer with 10 million followers. You paid them $10,000. You know for sure who's seeing your ad because every social media platform could give you the analytics of who saw that sponsored post around the world, what they do, what their profession is. Um, and so leaning into user-generated content to sell your business, to promote your brand, to promote your company, I see a great possibility for that because it's saving companies so much money. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a great point. And I think that's really playing itself out now with TikTok and Mr. Beast and all the different ways that we've got these influencers that are not only generating content, but becoming more of the influencers for their own brands and companies. Gabrielle, we'd like to ask you one final question, and that would be if there was a piece of advice that you would give from being so familiar with higher ed, but also working in the corporate world to higher ed marketers, if there's a piece of advice that you could give them that they could hear and implement quite quickly, what advice would that be? My advice to those in higher ed, higher ed marketers would be to never stop learning and lean into the experts. If the expert is a 13-year-old, lean into that 13-year-old. If it's a 14-year-old content creator, respect what they have to offer. And they may not know everything, but they may be an expert in their expertise. They know about what it is that they're doing and they're doing really well. And ensure that you're taking what's happening in the world, that culture element, implement the things that you see happening in the world, the topics, um, diversity, all the things that amplify the great work that you do should be implemented in your work. Gabrielle, thank you very much for your time and sharing your thoughts. And I'm sure with the energy that you have, there are people out there are asking, who is this person? And I need to contact them. What would be the best way for someone to either contact you, follow you, to communicate with you? Follow me on all social media platforms. I'm at underscore gift of gab. That's at underscore gift of gab. You can check out my site which is giftofgabrielle.com. And you can contact me there. You can find all my social. You can email me. We can chat. So I welcome. Let's connect. Very good. Again, Gabrielle, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was our pleasure. Bart. It was our pleasure. And thank you so much for being on the on the podcast today. Just a couple of things I want to highlight. I, again, uh, Gabrielle just did such a great job you know, with her passion bringing it today. And and I really love the fact that, you know, we, we highlighted a couple of things that I really would encourage you to go back and re-listen to. The, the DEI conversation, just how important it is to kind of really be empathetic in our marketing and understand it. Not, not from, uh, you know, just a checkbox, but also just really trying to get in the shoes of, of other people and understand that and understand that through the context of current events and what's going on, but also just this idea of lifelong learning. If you're listening to this podcast, I have to believe that that's a, something that you have a belief in. You're, you're trying to better yourself through your professional development of listening to a podcast about, about work. And so I really think that uh, Gabrielle really brought a lot of really good ideas to how she is doing her lifelong learning and how you could do as well. So thanks again so much for being on the podcast. We love making friends like we have with Gabrielle. We also love the people who enable us to do that. That is Kaler Solutions. 
that is also Ring Digital. On behalf of Bart Kaler and Gabrielle, my name is Troy Singer. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. The Higher Ed Marketer is a production of Kaler Solutions and Ring Digital in partnership with Westport Studios. Views and opinions expressed by guests on The Higher Ed Marketer are their own and may not reflect the views and opinions of their organization. Know someone who's a mover and a shaker in higher ed marketing? Visit www.higheredmarketerpodcast.com and click on our Contact Us page. We'd love to have you tell us about them. Until next time.